Welcome to A Court of Swish and Flick, A Court of Thorns and Roses podcast. To the people who look at the stars and wish, we welcome you to the eighth episode of A Court of Swish and Flick. This episode is sponsored by Jeff Sicka. <laughs> I was going to say Jess because we were saying before, just Jess. <laughs> but thank you for sponsoring this episode, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. thanks, Jessica. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be discussing Chapter 7 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. So make sure that you follow us on your preferred, <laughs> preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends. Because if you like us, then maybe they will too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Court of Swish and Flick and on Twitter at A-C-O-S-A-F. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Court of Swish and Flick. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Facebook group and Discord channel with, don't forget, new live recordings starting this month in January. Our episodes will also be coming out early for patrons as well, posted to Patreon the weekend before. Thank you all so much for your support. If you have any questions, concerns, etc., you can send those to our email, which is a court of swish and flick at gmail.com. And we are again missing Tiffany. Yes. Yeah. So if you, I think we said it last episode, we record two episodes at a time together. So seven and eight, episode seven and eight were recorded on the same day. And so she's not, she's not with us. She is with us in spirit. She's at home. She is not well. Yes. Oh, yeah. So okay. let's get started. <laughs> so I'm going to read Tiffany's notes again. So I'm sorry that you have to listen to me so much. I kind of like how, like, I like hearing someone else interpret someone else's notes. <laughs> I feel like it gives it, like, Are you saying spin. we should do that for every episode now? <laughs> no, because that gives <laughs> well, me I'll mad do notes anxiety. And everyone else will read but them. you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> The golden-haired High Fay and Lucian. Oh, I guess we don't know his name yet, do we? Not yet. Oh, you're right. Very soon. It's, it's weird. It, it's just a lot. A lot for. It's a mouthful to say. The golden-haired High Fay. Yeah. And Lucian. They're lounging at the table when Alice brought. I'm guessing is what that word was supposed to be. Favorite back to the dining room. They were no longer eating, but they were sipping from golden goblets, real golden goblets. And then Tiffany writes, I assume solid gold. I guess. Also, I don't know. I don't like drinking out of metal. Me either. I've never had the opportunity to drink out of a real live gold cup. Live. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if it would be different than drinking out of like, you know how um, like metal water bottles are like all the rage. I say as I drink out of one, but like my lips aren't touching the metal or like metal straws. It just, I don't like the feel on my lips and my teeth and everything. Me either. I enjoy drinking out of metal. I don't like super cold water. Oh, see, I like my water ice cold. It's just mm-hmm. the, the feeling of the metal against my like mouth. I like, so that's like my, the top of my water bottle is plastic. So also the sound that's of like a I metal straw in a metal cup. Like, mm. I, don't, mm-hmm. just, I feel really uncomfortable thinking about it. I can understand. So Feyre thinks about her previous life and how they had nothing compared to this, even when they were doing very well for themselves. 
Um, so Nesta had called her a half wild beast, but to compare to him, aka Tamlin, and this place and the elegance, they were all half wild beasts to them, even if they couldn't turn into the creatures with fur and claws. So there was still food on the table, and Pharaoh was starving. This is from the book. It says, before you ask again, the food is safe for you to eat. He pointed to the chair at the other end of the table. No sign of his claws, but when I didn't move, he sighed sharply. What do you want then? I said nothing. To eat, flee, and save my family. So then Lucian tells Tamlin that his skills with females have become rusty over the decades. And Favorite is like, okay, you have a name, Tamlin, and decades? So dude's old AF is what she writes. And it's true. Like, he, I don't think he's as old as, um, I think Reese is older than him. And we know that Lucian is younger than him. But he's at least, dude's probably like 500 years old. 400, 500, I don't know. So there, we don't have an exact age for him, I don't think. Or um, Lucian. In case anybody cares. <laughs> They're old. <laughs> So she knows that Tamlin doesn't look much older than she is, but since he is immortal, he could easily be hundreds of years old or even thousands. But we know he's not thousands. We do find that out. Um, and Lucian tells her that she doesn't look too bad now, but a tunic isn't as pretty as a dress. Tiffany mm. writes, eye roll. Um, I think he's also just saying this to goad her because, like, I mm-hmm. don't think he literally cares. Yeah, yeah But, like, right. that it's, like, like night, like, Nice girls would wear a dress. You know what I mean? And he's like, you human wearing a tunic. Whatevs. And then Sophia says that she would prefer not to wear that dress. And Lucian asks why. And then Tamlin asks, answers and says, because killing us is easier in pants. Uh, and that's true. That's why she did it, really. And uh, Tiffany wrote, and I LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to remain calm, Feyre asks what they plan on doing with her now that she is he- there. Tamlin tells her to just sit down. There are so many foods and she still is not taking part in anything. She finally inched towards her seat and sits down. So then Tamlin gets up and she's constantly comparing him to a beast. And like, she does this in a way, like I think the two ways we see her really looking at things is either in the eye of like a hunter right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what she's been doing for so long. Or the eye of like an artist with that taking in all of the details and like the colors and like the shadows and the lights and all of those things. Um, And she compares him to beasts a lot, which I mean, he does have a lot of beast tendencies and he does shapeshift, whatever else. Um, These are just my interjections and I've lost where I was. Oh yes. So she fills up a plate for her and Feyre being Feyre says that she can serve herself. Um, and he pauses and tells her that it's an honor to be served by a high fate. It's like, whatever. Mm. But like, is it? Sit down, sir. Nobody asked you. Um, and he keeps piling things on her plate and fills her glass with sparkling wine. The whole time he is doing this, she is holding her breath from fear. And when he finally goes back to his chair, she lets out her breath. So she still refuses and she has her hands under her thighs and she is staring at the two fairies, right? So Tamlin straightened up a bit and said, you look, <laughs> you look better than before. Was that a compliment? I could have sworn she gave Tamlin an encouraging nod. And your hair is clean. <laughs> Perhaps it was my raging hunger making me hallucinate the piss poor attempt at flattery. And Tiffany <laughs> writes, 
I cannot. <laughs> it's the worst. But like, think, I bet you that how long has it been? We know at least 50 years guaranteed that he has not been trying to like swoon any woman or whatever. You know what I mean? Like for 50 years. Right. It's been a long time. He's a little rusty at this. He <laughs> <laughs> looked clean and better. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Fairy ignores him and asks a question. She asks if they have, or if they are Fae nobility or Fairy nobility. Lucian coughs um, and tells Tamlin, "Like you can take this one." She wrote writes better up, um, and like I, I when I read this, was wondering like why Lucian like coughed at it. Like I don't know. It just seemed like an odd reaction to that question for me. Maybe because like. He keeps it from her that he's high lord as opposed to like just nobility. Like he's literally. You mean Tamlin specifically? Yeah. Okay. So it's almost like Lucian's like, how much are you going to tell her? Go ahead. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, so Tamlin says, yes, just as yes, we are. And Fader thinks, well, a man, a few words. And then she's thinking, I did kill his friend. Once again, she asks like what they're going to do with her now that she is there. Nothing, whatever you want. Um, basically, you're not a slave. And she's like, what? But what am I to do with my life here, I press? Do you do you wish me to earn my keep to work? A stupid question if he hadn't considered if he hadn't considered it, but I had to know Tamlin stiffened. What do you what you do with your life isn't my problem. Uh mm-hmm. Sure, Tamlin. <laughs> Lucian pointed he makes it everybody's problem. Anyways, Lucian pointed clearly uh, pointedly cleared his throat and Tamlin flashed him a glare. After an exchanged look I couldn't read, Tamlin sighed and said, don't you have any interest? No. Not entirely true, but I wasn't about to explain the painting to him. Also, I wanted to point out, but I forgot, because I, this, these aren't my notes, that um, I went into a spiral this past weekend when I was like reading these books because when I was reading rereading this section, the first thing that Lucian says to Feyre when she sits down, he's like, we're not going to bite, which fun fact is the first thing that Cassian says to her when he meets her. Cause he's like, don't worry, Feyre. Like we're not going to bite unless you ask us to or something. Um, <laughs> that little added and, thing is so Cassian. <laughs> and then Reese is like, he's like, as far as I know, no one's ever taking you up on that offer. <laughs> but I literally like, I read that. and I was like, I'm 99% sure that Cassian says this to her. Like that's the first thing he ever says to Feyre. And so then I had to like go and find out like the very chapter that they um, meet like face to face. Any hoosies. It made me chuckle. And that's like a little connection to this chapter. I don't know if it's intentional. I have no idea. But anyways. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So after an exchanged look, I couldn't read. Tamlin said and said, don't you have any interest? No, not entirely true. But I wasn't about to explain the painting to him. And Lucian is like, bro, you're supposed to fall in love. Lol. So Tamlin pretty much tells her that she can do whatever she wants. She just needs to stay out of trouble and that he um, didn't make the rules. And Feyre cannot fathom this while her family is starving. Uh, And she goes to say, my family is starving. I said, I didn't mind begging. Not for this. I'd given my word and held to that word for so long that I was nothing and no one without it. Please let me go. There must be some must be some other loophole out of the treaty's rules. Some other way to atone. Atone, Lucian said. Have you even apologized yet? He's not wrong, though. Also, there's a section, and I think it's in this chapter, where, like, um, 
they're talking about her interests and he, cause Lucian's like, Oh, that's so human that you have no interest. But it's like, also she couldn't afford to have interest realistically. Yeah. She true. barely could afford paint that one time. You know what I mean? Right. So anyways, so he's not wrong. Cause she hasn't apologized. So flattery can go a long way on her part. And yet she was fighting it with her whole fighting it in a whole different kind of way. And Sophia finally says, I'm sorry. Lucian goes in for details, asks how she killed him. Was it a bloody fight or was it just cold-blooded murder? And she tells him the truth. I shot him with an ash arrow and then an ordinary arrow through the eye. He didn't put up a fight. After the first shot, he just stared at me. Yet you killed him anyway, though he made no move to attack you. And then you skinned him, Lucian hissed. And then Tiffany writes, this whole thing makes me sad, dot, dot, dot. Which is true. It's a very sad uh, situation to be in. And like she comes to like really mourn this at the end of this book. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think she loved doing it in the first place. No, I don't think. She, like, uh, but she had like there was absolutely no love lost for her at the beginning of this book with um, between her and the fairies, you know. And yeah. then yeah, I think she slowly changes, and they even make a note like he Hamlet is like saying to her when um, they find that fairy whose wings have been ripped off of his body. And he's like, well, why did you basically, why did you treat him with respect? And why would you like hold his hand throughout the whole thing? And, and she's like, I would never want, um, I wouldn't want to die alone. And I would want someone to like stay with me. Um, and nobody deserves what happened to him. So like, you kind of see her changing Mm -hmm. throughout the series slash really this book in that aspect. So Tamlin, has a snarl to his voice when he says enough Lucian because he doesn't really want to hear the details because I'm sure he feels awful for the fact that he had to send Andrus out there. And um, a bunch of others before him. And a bunch of others before him. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's like raw still, you know? Yeah. Um, so Feyre speaks up and she said, my family won't last a month without me. And Lucian chuckles and Feyre grits her teeth. Do you know what it's like to be hungry? Do you know what it's like to not Mm. know when your next meal will be? And I, I mean, I kind of talked about this in the last episode, but like I'm torn on this situation because I understand that she killed Andrus, but she did think it, it was just a wolf. I mean, she thought it could be a fairy, but at the end of the day, she she just decided that it it was a wolf, and either way, it was going to take her meal. So, well, it was a life and death situation, realistically. Right, my life or yours. And two, her family is starving, and it was going to kill the deer that she needed. And Lucian really has lived a life of privilege, so yeah. he can't really talk to that. And and I just think, I just think again, this is Lucian not knowing where to put place his anger and just deciding that the easiest place to place it is Feyre, even though it's truly Amarantha and maybe even Tamlin for agreeing to try to break this curse and sending these people out there. So like it's hard. It's just a hard situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tamlin looks kind of pissed at this though. And he's like, your family is alive and well cared for. You think so low of fairies that you believe I'd take their only source of income and nourishment and not replace it. But, like, how is she supposed to know that? Right. Yeah. And the way you've been acting I, this whole time, <laughs> I would assume you don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and like, how does, how does he even truly know that she is their only source of income and nourishment? And, right. 
like she, he hasn't given her a chance to explain this or I mean he forced her to sleep like the entire time up here to the spring court so like it's not it's just a silly thing for Tamlin to be pissed about in my opinion like there's no way that she was going to know or even think that that was something that he would do I think we know that this man excuse me male has uh very much so communication issues also control yeah. issues but like he yeah yeah i mean like you literally took her from her family like why would she think that you would replace that yeah there, right, like, there's no reason for her to think that he would do something to help them like he's already she's already described him as merciless i think in my section she like talks about wickedness like I mean, he literally barged into their house, broke down the door, like, absolutely showed, like, he did not care, minus the fact that he was like, come and live with me, which just seemed weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird. Come and live with me. You killed my friend. You want to move in? And she asks, she's like, why wouldn't you have said that when we left? And he asks if she'd have believed him. But Feyre's really running on this idea that fairies can't lie. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, if he said it, she was going to fall back on that and probably believe him. Um, I can't wait for her to find out that they can't. She's like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she does say, she's like, why should I trust a word you say? You're all masters of spinning your truths to your own advantage, which up until this point, especially now knowing like what is going on with Lucian and Tamlin at this time, they truly are masters of spinning their truth because they're holding so much back from her right now. Well, but part of it is they aren't allowed to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to, to the, to have this be the basis of the start of your relationship with these people. And, uh, (sighs) And then to find out that they were lying about so much. Like, no wonder she goes to Resand. Like, I, anyway, we'll get to it. Not to but, mention he's so Tam- a hottie with a body. What? Not to mention he's a hottie with a body. Resand? Yeah, he's all right. Wow. I'd take his... He's got friends, friends that are hotties with bodies. I mean, I, I would take them over him any day. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know I think we know where my loyalties lie. <laughs> so Tamlin then continues and says some would say it's unwise to insult a fay in his own home. Some would say you should be grateful for me finding you before another one of my kind came to claim the debt for sparing that doesn't exist. I'm just in, interjecting there. The debt that doesn't exist for sparing your life and then offering you the chance to live in comfort. So, again, he's really pushing this that, like, he did this amazing thing for her by being the one to find her and bring her to Prithian. Yes. But had she killed someone else's friend, they would have, like, say Baron had some dude, whatever. He yeah. would have not even blinked an eye. And she'd be, I don't know if he can miss people. I don't know if he's that powerful. But she would have been dead. I guess I just question if, like... It is true that this treaty, like, brought him to her. So, like, how would anybody have found her if she killed I think, them? I don't think it was the treaty that... I think it was... Um, Just, like, normal tracking? Yeah. Yeah. Probably his scent. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would think. It's just... 
It's just like he it's just interesting to me to see him like be so angry in this situation when it's like, but you're lying about so much right now. So like <laughs> it's just but again, I think a lot of it is like he can't say it's like it's, it's again part of the thing is like for him too. It's also like survival in a yeah. way. I mean, to get yeah. this to be broken, but it's like you're going you're sacrificing the trust that you're going to be building with Feyre to do this so that I guess like at the uh, end of the day to me it's it's frustrating how angry he gets about things that happen later when it's like well what did you expect from a relationship that was literally founded on lies the yeah. whole thing so yeah but I think that he's referring to Amarantha here and the impending war because Farah and her family probably would have died during the later war that we see that happened so like he's kind of saying oh, for sure yeah he's saying like you should be grateful that I found you before this because he knows it's coming eventually obviously not exactly when but like he knows it's coming um so he's going to try. There's a lot of stuff in this chapter that is like foreshadowing because he talks about the wall and he's like, we'll sh- mm-hmm. we can shatter, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah you help that happen. Right. You do that. <laughs> yeah. You dick. Oh, that part. So Ferris shoots to her feet and is about to kick back her chair when invisible hands clap onto her arms and shove her back into her seat. This is Tamlin's magic. What is this magic? So Tamlin begins his controlling ways early. Um, He tells her not to do whatever she was contemplating. She tried to twist in her chair to test the magic, but she was secured in her seat and her back was pressed into the wood so hard that it ached. Um, And then Tamlin warns her, I'm going to warn you once, only once, and then it's on you, human. I don't care if you go live somewhere else in Prithian. But if you cross the wall, if you flee, your family will no longer be cared for. He's using something very precious against her to get her to stay, which I truly don't love. Um, So if she even tries to escape, she would doom her family. So this now makes you think, like, even if she made it to them, what was the point? Where would she take them? They'd have nowhere to live. Um, And he snarled and it it rattled the glasses and I actually looked up like on WebMD symptoms to look for in like, um, in manipulation when it comes to like relationships. Mm. Um, so it says on WebMD, it's natural for people in relationships to experience problems as the relationship grows. Sometimes these problems stem from emotions or greed. One type of problem that can surface in any type of relationship is manipulation. So it's the exercise of harmful influence over others. People who manipulate others attack their mental and emotional sides to get what they want. The person manipulating seeks to create an imbalance of power and take advantage of a victim to get control, power, benefits, and or privileges at the expense of the victim. Quite literally to a T what he is doing to her. Um, So manipulation can happen in close or casual relationships, but they are more common in closely formed relationships. In a way, everyone can manipulate others to get what they want, but manipulation is defined as any attempt to sway someone's emotions to get them to act or feel a certain way. So they'll have manipulators have common tricks they'll use to to make you feel irrational and more likely to get into their requests. So like a few common examples include guilt, complaining, comparing, lying, denying, feigning ignorance or innocence, blame and mind games. Um, 
So, in fact, some kindness can be a form of manipulation depending on the intent. So then the question is raised, is like any form of influence considered manipulation? Whether manipulation has good or bad intentions, it's still an attempt to undermine your rational thinking. So people who manipulate others have common traits that you can look for. They know your weaknesses and how to exploit them. They use your insecurities against you. They convince you to give up something important to you to make you more dependent on them. And if they are successful in their manipulation, they will continue to do so until you are able to get out of the situation. Sounds uh, familiar in the story a little bit, huh? I mean, truly, this is what this is just straight up what he's doing to her. Yeah, he's he is abusive to her. Yes. That's just what this is. Like that, holding something like that over someone, that's abuse. Yes. So. It's a straight up threat for people she mm-hmm. cares about, you know? Yeah. And really, it comes true. Because yeah. the second she leaves of her own free will, because he's locked her inside, again, abuse, uh, her sisters end up suffering because of it. Yeah. True. Um, so he then says, is that not a fair bargain? And if you flee, then you might not be so lucky with whoever comes to retrieve you next. And his claws retracted. So this is again, signs of manipulation, just kind of like putting in your head. This is what's going to happen if you don't listen to me. Um, so he continues and says the food is not enchanted or drugged and it will be your own damn fault if you faint. So you're going to sit at this table and eat Farah. And Lucian will do his best to be polite. So the invisible bonds loosen on her arms, but they remain intact on her legs and her middle. And Tamlin's eyes told her that she was not going to be getting up from this table until she'd eaten something. Um, Which I don't necessarily like how he does this, but she really does need to eat something. So I don't know how else he could have gotten her to eat. Uh, It's a hard situation. Like, obviously, I don't think that he should have bound her to the the chair and the table but she did need to eat so um so they watched her every move as she did and she's just thinking as she's eating that the food is so good it it was like almost ravenous she was eating so much she went to go grab more chocolate tort but the food just vanished and then tamlin says one more bite and you'll hurl your guts up And Feyre's hands are shaking because she had been so hungry and just wanted to gorge herself. And, like, truly, it's just a sad situation that, like, she didn't know how to control how much she was going to eat because she was so hungry. Well, a lot of times, too, people that um, don't have consistent meals sometimes just tend to, like, eat everything they can because they don't know when they're going to get food next. Yeah. It's very common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as soon as the food vanished, she felt the bonds loosen and that was basically her like silent permission from Tamlin to leave. So she did thank him for the meal and Lucian asked why she wouldn't stay for wine. Um, and she said she was tired and would like to sleep. Getting away from you fools. (laughs) Right. And also she should not drink the wine right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Lucian, I don't think, but I don't think it's all wine. I think that's different wine than the other wine. Oh, really? Maybe it's. Regular. I think there's. I think there's some wine that's safe for everybody to drink, and there's other. I don't, I think. I think I you're know. right too. I just can't remember where that is, but I think I remember that as well. 
So Lucian says, it's been a few decades since I last saw one of you, but you humans never change. So I don't think I'm wrong in asking why you find our company to be so unpleasant when surely the men back home aren't much to look at. So Feyre answers him tightly by just saying, you're high Fey. I'd ask why you'd even bother inviting me here at all or dining with me. Which is a fair question, but they need her and that's exactly why they invited her and like brought her here because they need her. I need you to slay the worm. <laughs> uh, solution just says true, but he's just curious why she would rather eat hot coals than sit here longer than necessary. Like, surely this isn't so miserable to look at. Pointing at, like, meaning himself, and he also, like, points out his eye saying, like, well, ignore this, but, like, other than that, this can't be that miserable to look at. Um. And Feyre just thinks, like, this is typical fairy vanity and arrogance. Which, like, this part of the conversation just kind of felt weird to me. I was like, Lucian, like, truly, why do you care? Like, just let her go to bed. I think he was literally just being an asshole. I think he's trying to, like, flesh out if if he's, not he, him, but, like, he... Tamlin stands a chance of like, well, obviously if she's in love with someone, it's going to be a little harder for you to make her fall in love with you kind of a thing. True. It's Um, just, I guess it's just weird for me that like, this is day one and you're like going to have this conversation right now. Like, I think that Lucian doesn't care. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's he's probably just waited so long that like, yeah. And, and really they don't have time to spare because by the time that she leaves, like they only have a few months, um, because right. I think she like maybe goes under the mountain, maybe July or August. Um, and like by that time, like literally they say she comes when she comes back, Alice tells her he, that, uh, she had three days from when she was sent away, which was three days after the summer solstice, basically. Um, that was when the, the current, like that was the end of the 49 years, um, for her to say, I love you to him. Yeah. Yeah. To break the curse. So how Lucian. different life would be. <laughs> so Lucian is just fishing for info here. I think he wants to know if there's someone at home for her. He says, unless you have someone back home, unless there's a line of suitors out the door of your hovel that makes us seem like worms in comparison. And she wanted to let them know that, yes, she did have someone back home, but mostly because he was like dismissing the idea that she could mm-hmm. have somebody so quickly. Um, so Tamlin asks, are you in love with this man? And Farrah just says no casually. And Tamlin pushes more asking if she was in love with anyone else. And she laughed and said no and wondered why this was what these two high fae were focusing on with her. Is this really what you care to know about me? If I find you more handsome than human men, and if I have a man back home, why bother to ask it all when I'll be stuck here for the rest of my life? Yes. Did you notice, though, when she's saying she says no and either way, even if she had loved Isaac, she wouldn't have named him because she didn't want anything happening to him. But then later on, she names Claire. Yeah. And then Claire's whole family is (sighs) brutally murdered. I do think had she named Isaac. I don't think Tamlin would have done anything to him. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. That was. Yeah. It just made me think like, huh. hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It shouldn't laugh. That's not funny. That, that whole family <laughs> right. dad. That's very sad. So Tamlin shrugs it off as just like wanting to know more about her and then blames the shift in conversation to Lucian. But honestly, I think he's just as curious as Lucian is. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's just kind of like placing the blame on Lucian. But I don't think Tamlin would have ever asked. And that's why yeah. Lucian knew that and asked yeah. because he knew Tamlin is dumb. He's just like very reserved. He's like a very internal person. Mm-hmm. Um, Bottles so, it up. Yeah. Has he ever been in love with anyone? Was he like ever in a relationship like that? I don't remember learning that information. I don't know. Neither I don't do I. Like know. I know Lucian had his little love affair. Yeah. Um. Until he gets Elaine, who's well, just I mean, so she died. Her him. his father killed her in front of him. Yeah. So that's well, pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I said that I think Lucian's being this way because he's bitter about the curse that they need to break and just like the impossible task of of doing it. And especially as we noted just a little bit ago, like the timeline of it. Um, so Tamlin just tells her to go rest and says if she needs anything to ask the staff is there, meaning Tamlin and Lucian are busy most days. And Fair just asks, like, why? Why are you being so generous? And Tamlin replies that he kills too often as it is and you're insignificant enough to not ruffle this estate unless you decide to start killing us. And I feel like this is the start. I mean, obviously it's already started, but like this bothers me because it's just making Feyre so small and he constantly treats her this way, even after she becomes Faye. Um, but yeah, like she, uh, he underestimates her constantly. Mm-hmm. So like looking Stop back now, down that I've read this through, it doesn't surprise me because Tamlin seems to constantly make her small and view her as insignificant. So like something as she's just something to protect instead of to like cherish or help to blossom. This makes me think of the all too well, 10 minute version. Yes. Mm. That line about, um, I kept you or you kept me like a secret. I kept you like an oath. No, the, the one about the gem. Yes. Who, what is it? I'm blanking. She says, um, like what version of me? The never needy, ever lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you. Yeah. 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 I've been thinking that. Tamlin, you are Jake Gyllenhaal, you a hole. (laughs) (laughs) At least Jake Gyllenhaal is dark hair, you know? Right. (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal. But truly, yeah, like, uh, those, yeah, those lyrics resonate pretty well with this. Yeah. I, it just, I like, that, at that moment in time, I didn't, like, when I read this the first time, I didn't necessarily think that much of it because I was assuming, like, oh, well, like, she's human and he's high face, so, like, that's where the insignificant enough comes from. But, like, looking back now, I'm like, well, that, that, like, truly sticks. Yeah, you stayed with it no matter what creature she was. And, like, you know that she has powers and you're not letting her blossom. You're purposely holding her back. It's but even before she becomes High Fae, look at all of the things that she's able to do. Yeah. That she did herself. You yeah. know what I mean? She went under the mountain and she survived and she's saved like Katniss them all. Everdeen. And then even, like, later on when he finds out that she, like, can't really read or write, he literally, he calls it her shortcoming. Yeah. And, like, instead of even, helping she, her. Like, well, he does. He does offer, but she doesn't take him off on the offer because he calls it her shortcoming, and she's like turned off by it. Yeah, words matter. He should have just had her write. Tamlin is the greatest <laughs> High Lord. Tamlin you can't is write the lies. Most handsome, and she would Lord. write. I must not I tell lies. I must not <laughs> tell lies. <laughs> I have a pen that says, "It's 
<laughs> I have a pen that it's like a book cover. It says, Resand is the most handsome High Lord. Resand is the most delightful High Lord. Resand is the most cunning High Lord. A novel by Feyre Archeron. <laughs> There's like a fan art somewhere that has him telling his kids to write like, Resand is like the greatest dad ever. Whatever. And it's like, Feyre is the best mom ever or something, stuff like that. So and he's cute. like, yeah, good job, kid. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Um, so Feyre just says, well, thank you, but like not really feeling very grateful by that statement, like being called insignificant. Um, so he nodded to her and she was dismissed much, she says, Mm. much like a lowly human, like that's just what it felt like. Um, she slipped out the door by backing up towards it because she felt that she couldn't turn her back on them. But as soon as she was out of the room, Lucian laughed and there was a vicious growl that shut him up. And like, I, ugh, I hate comparing him to Reese so much, but Reese would never do that really to like his friend. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He's just better than Tamlin. <laughs> Tamlin is just, he, Tamlin, Tamlin really takes the role of like High Lord in just a very different way than Reese Ann does, you know, like. Yeah. Yes. And I think part I of it is because they it. were. They both were raised very differently because yeah. Tamlin was not raised to like be, have the seat of High Lord. He had two older brothers, right? Where it was all it always was going to be Reese, um, and then even their fathers, as brutal as they were, were also very different. Where mm-hmm. Reese's father was on the side of the humans and like saving all of those people, and Tamlin's father was not, right? Um, so yeah, they lived, they're just... both products of their environment, you know. Yeah. Um, but she barely slept that night and she kind of felt like the lock on her door was just a joke because he was going to be able to come in if he wanted to, even if the door was locked. I wouldn't have slept either. Like, I don't even sleep when I'm choosing to be in a <laughs> situation that's not my own bed. You know what I mean? You don't right. always sleep that great. Um, but she woke up before dawn, but she just laid in bed, staring up at the ceiling. She is savoring the softness of her down mattress, because I'm sure her mattress was not comfortable at the cottage. Um, so she's thinking... She share it with two other people. Yeah. So she's thinking, like, usually by now, like, by first light, I'm out of the house. Um and Nessa and Elaine would yell at me every morning for waking them up so early, even though why is Favor going out so early to catch food for your lazy asses? Just saying. <laughs> and um, if she were home, she'd already be in, in the woods, not wasting a moment of precious sunlight. Um, but instead, she's in this bedroom in this, to her, silent house, in this enormous bed that feels foreign and empty. And there is a small part of her that misses like having her sister's body so close to her and the warmth of that, which I think is very sweet and is just very Feyre because her family, as much as she will say like what you did was messed up and I don't appreciate that you did this, like there's still utmost importance to her. Yeah. Um, so this part's kind of sad. She thinks... Nesta must be stretching her legs and smiling at the extra room, probably content imagining that Feyre was in the belly of a fairy, probably using the news as a chance to be fussed over by the villagers. And this is can't be further from the truth because as Sarah pointed out last episode, Nesta had already hired 
that mercenary to try and rescue her or find her or whatever. Yes. I also, I love later on when she goes back and she sees her sisters and they're in the new place and whatever else. And um, I like that they both are like, they all, all of those villagers are acting like we just were gone for eight months. And it's like Elaine is the one that's saying it, that it was just like, they think that they can just forget that like what happened. They didn't help us. Um, so yeah, they yeah. weren't not, you know, let talk about me to the villagers. Right. I also wonder, like, did Nesta have to sell something in order to pay f- to I hire this mercenary? Well, I mean, possi- well, they had money. money. Yeah, true. true. They had money, money then. That's true. But also, like, Nesta would probably be like, she, she'd be like, you're taking me no matter what. <laughs> right. This is the price. I'll give you this, whatever, you know. And you're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think it helps that Feyre had, like, a real conversation with this mercenary. So mm-hmm. I think there's, like, a little bit of an established relationship there. Um, so she wonders if her family will get any handouts or was Tamlin giving them enough money and food? Like, what did he think, quote, taking care of them was like, what, to what extent did he mean that? Um, or maybe she's thinking the villagers would just turn on her family because they didn't want to be associated with anyone that had any sort of tie with Prithian. Mm-hmm. Um, so she thinks if that's, if it's true that Tamlin providing for them, food money whatever that those benefits would stop the second she tried to escape she's thinking they're likely going to resent me trying to get back to them instead of celebrating which is really sad like i i can like feel her like trapped feeling like what are you supposed to do um so then she's thinking of tamlin saying your hair is clean and she thinks pathetic compliment her words but i definitely do not disagree Dude's a little rusty, but even then, like, you could use words you can't like... can't say your hair is beautiful. <laughs> Pretty. <laughs> your hair is Your clean. hair looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? Or like to say, you look your better Your hair than is before. shiny. Yeah. I don't know. Anything. Your hair whatever. looks soft. <laughs> your hair looks like I want to run my fingers through it. <laughs> There's so many better options. <laughs> so many. Yeah, his name's Reese. <laughs> Accurate. God, I can't or, wait to meet him. How much longer? Oh, chapter twenty. <laughs> Calendar's not until chapter twenty. Yeah. <sighs> the very end. I've been looking for you. Calamine lotion. She turns. He has been looking for her. The most beautiful mm-hmm. male she's ever seen. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. Um. So, t- uh, Tamlin. Feyre continues thinking, if Tamlin had invited her to live here, as he had spared her life, he couldn't be completely wicked, and maybe this was just him trying to smooth out their (laughs) very rough beginning. Um, Maybe there was still a way that she could persuade him to find a loophole with this treaty, with whatever magic bond. Um, If not some way, then maybe there was someone. And so she's just like, what I really like about these books is like how just how very inside the character's head you get. It's like, it feels mm-hmm. extra yeah. than like normal. And like, I, you that's can just I'm feel the flow. Like a TV show. Right. Cause, I, Cause like, that's what makes these stories so good is exactly what you're saying. And like, how do you portray that? And yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You want to know? I had a panic this weekend about thinking about the TV show. <laughs> Sarah. 
Because of casting? Because I do that a lot. I'm well, like, yes. Do not but fuck also, up the I was thinking, I was thinking about the first time she meets Cassian and Azrael, and I was like, they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna fuck this whole thing up. And I I don't I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. Because like I so I've read like the first three wheel of time books and I've seen all of the episodes except for the one that hasn't come out yet. Um but by the time this comes out, it'll be the season's over. And while, like, the show is good, but there's so many things that they changed from the books that I'm like, I, why? Um, I guess and for I'm, the most part, I like casting. Land, man. Woo! Yes. I guess I'm glad that Sarah J. Moss seems to be so involved in it. So, like, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that helps. Well, but, and the, the guy that's doing it also did Outlander, and Outlander is really good. But I didn't read those books, so I don't know how good it is compared to the books. I bought but those. But the show those I really are- like. Those are on my um, 2022 TBR. Yeah, we'll I don't if know if I'll read them. But. but yeah, it just makes me very nervous. I just get Because really like, people will throw casting. out like. Do not mess up People. Casting. And I'm like, don't. Like someone said Henry Cavill for Cassie. And I was like, in no world. I don't not like Henry Cavill. I like him a lot. But he's busy with The Witcher. So don't put him in. Don't put him in this show. And then. Jason Momoa. I was like, he's not Cassian. Not my Cassian, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm like, who are you going to get to play Reese? I don't know. And then they have some fans that are just terrible, I that know. are incredibly toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, in every fandom. And, yeah. I want inclusivity in the casting. I yes. want diversity. I want, like, yeah. I. So I really hope that it doesn't get messed up because of people. But we'll yeah. See. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that was a side rant. But all related. <laughs> <laughs> so Fair is going from thought to thought to thought, and then she hears the lock on the door click, and then all of a sudden there's a screech and a thud, and there's Alice <laughs> in a heap Alice. on the floor. Um, so Fair had set up, well, not a trap, but it seems like right now a trap. Um, I called curtains, it a booby trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the curtains that they would snap in anyone's face who came in. And she says in her head, like, it had been the best I could do with what I had. And I was thinking about that. Like, she probably could not even attempt to go to bed until she had done something like that. Yeah. Where it was like, I'm trying to give myself even the tiniest bit of a leg up, even though, like, you know, it it wouldn't have done anything. But um, so she leaps up from the bed and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But Alice is already up and. Farrah's like, I meant to take that down. I didn't think anyone would be up here this early. And Alice looked her from head to toe and says, you think a bit of rope snapping in my face would keep me from breaking you, bo- breaking <laughs> your bones? You think that will do anything against one of us? And Farrah's like, well, it was more of a warning bell to give me time to run. And Alice just says, you can't outrun us either, girl. Um, so Farrah's like, I know that, but at least I wouldn't have faced death unaware, which I think is incredibly brave. That's yeah. like very insightful. She just wanted to like know what was going to happen to her. Yeah. yeah. Even if she knew she couldn't get away from it. Right. She wanted to have a chance, mm-hmm. even if she knew the chance was slim. Right. Like she wants to go down fighting. She's not just going to sit there. Um, so Alice laughs and she reminds her like Tamlin gave his word. You could live, not die. And then she says, but did you have to wreck those lovely curtains? Which, that made me laugh. <laughs> um, and Farah didn't want to, but she did feel a little hint of a smile tug at her lips. So, 
I, I love, like Alice. Yeah, I love the relationship. Yeah, she's a good egg. I'm glad she has Alice. I wish we would see her again, honestly. Maybe yeah. we will, yeah. Maybe we will. Her story seems like really interesting. Mm-hmm, so it'd be really mm-hmm. cool to like know more about it. Um, so Alice throws open the remainder of the curtains because they're all shredded up. And I love this description of the sky because you could just say there was a pretty sunrise or there was pinks and oranges, but it's described as a sky of deep periwinkle splashed with hues of pumpkin and magenta. So that was so pretty. Um, so Feyre apologizes again and Alice says, at least you're willing to put up a fight, girl. I'll give you that. So again, like this very start of a respectable bond. Um, another servant brought breakfast. It's porridge and bacon. I hope it's not the porridge from the leaky cauldron. <laughs> um, and she's kind of shocked by the bacon because it's like, she's seriously like it's porridge and bacon like similar food to what i eat i don't know what she expected like fairies to eat but clearly it was not just like normal food and also the tea she has sounds so good how she describes it when she's sipping it and i just want it every time i just love tea right yeah Yeah. it's a good time for tea this Mm -hmm. time of year Mm mm-hmm So then Feyre, of course, is like always fishing for information because she always wants to try and know her surroundings, whatever she can. So she's like, what and where is this place? And Alice just says, it's safe. That's all you need to know. At least the house is. But if you go poking around the grounds, like keep your wits about you, which is not inaccurate because you get to be tricked later. My question is, she really doesn't even get to see any of the spring court. Truly. Doesn't she see like, like one village, I think? I mean, a couple places Tamlin takes her, like, you know, the the pool of starlight or whatever. and But, like, that, I think, is, like, on his property. Yeah. yeah. But I genuinely, I think she goes to, like, one village with him, and then he was like, we're not doing this again. I swear that's what happened. And then she goes out, like, camping whenever they're trying to figure out how to break the wall. Yeah. But that's just the woods, I think, really. Yeah, I think that's on his, yeah, I think that's, like, his property, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Feyre fishes for more information. She's like, well, what sort of fairy should I look out for? And I'm wondering if she thinks that Prithian is like only variations of fairies and like not all these creatures that she's going to end up coming in, in contact with. I have a question, though. Like, aren't those creatures types of fairies, though, actually? That's kind of what I always assumed, that huh. like the surreal is a type of fairy and the... Um, well, and have you noticed... Um, that most of them, when they're named in the book, their first, like, um, like the Naga or whatever you pronounce mm-hmm. it, it's lowercase, but the serial, their name is with a capital S. True. Because you only ever see the same serial. Oh, that's true. It's serial. So like, singular. <laughs> I wonder, though, like, if they are all, like, you know, if you were to say the well, term fairy. The fandom says the Naga are a species of fairy, so I'm going to say okay. yes. All right, all right. Cool. And like the um, like the water, what are they the called? Kelpie. The wraiths. Wait, kelpie. Is it a kelpie? Oh god, I think the kelpie is a type of fairy. I'm, I'm looking at the wiki. What about like the the atoll? Water wraiths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is I super all interesting. Fairies. I learned something new today. Right. I I think that I remembered. I think that I remembered realizing that like when she 
I feel like Resan says something. I need I can't remember exactly, but I feel I feel like they like Alice is a well, we know Alice is a type of fairy, but like she looks different from well, we just talked about Haifei, how they're characteristically Very more human, human like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like everybody else is a type of fairy. Just there's so many different types. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's just interesting that, yeah, they're like kind of described as like a creature, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but like it's just a type of fairy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so Feyre says, what sort of fairies should I look out for? And Alice says, all of them. Tamlin's protection only goes so far. They'll want, to hunt, they'll want to hunt and kill you for just being a human, regardless of what you did to Andros. Um, so Feyre's like, well, that's another useless answer. I might as well eat. So she digs into breakfast. Alice offers to help her dress. Feyre refuses. Um, again, we see a lot of her artistic side because she's wearing this tunic today that is a purple so deep it could be black and she thinks I wish I knew the name of it but she catalogs it in her brain anyway I just I know that it's like a funny fan theory that she's a bad artist which is which is cute and fine but the way that she talks about colors and like scenes and stuff I don't think she's a bad artist well duh she's not (laughs) But like she could I think be. it's just like a, a fun. <laughs> well, I'm saying that because like there's parts where like um I don't remember if it's hanging up or if she gives it to Cassian as a gift, but she gives him either gives Cassian a present of him, Reese, and mm-hmm. um Ezreal when they've they've finished their whatever, I can't remember what it's called, but they're running up the mountain. Um Yeah. And he was like he goes, he must like um Reese must have let him inside like little bit side was mine because it was so realistic to exactly what happened that day when they uh got to the tippity top you know yeah yeah so we know she's not a bad artist it's just a funny it's, fan theory that i think is hilarious it is funny it's just like every time i think about like the way that she describes colors and the way she yeah. thinks of colors and thinks of scenery and nature i'm like it's she just very much has an artist's mind i I enjoy, I enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so Alice is braiding her hair and Feyre cringes at her reflection. So after, I mean, we're in chapter seven, right? We're finally actually getting a description of what Feyre looks like, like her physical features. Um, so she describes her reflection as not pleasing but not for her actual appearance. So she starts describing her nose, which is relatively straight, but it was another feature she had inherited from her mother. Um, Quote, I could still remember how her nose would crinkle with feigned amusement when one of her fabulously wealthy friends made some unfunny joke. So she goes on to say that she has her father's soft mouth, but it, it was a mockery of her two sharp cheekbones and her hollow cheeks. And she couldn't bring herself to look at her slightly up-tilted eyes. So, like, she hasn't grown yet. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't... It's hard for her to even look at herself. Well, um, she's also looking at herself and she's malnourished because she hasn't mm-hmm. really eaten right. in a long time. Yeah. Like, like normally eaten, you right. know? And then she says, I knew I'd see... Oh, also, she can't look at herself because she knew that she would see Nesta or her mother looking back at her. And then she's like, I wonder if that's why Nesta has insulted me about my looks. 
I was a far cry from ugly, but I bore too much of the people we hated and loved for Nesta to stand it, Nesta to stand it for me to stand it too. I wonder too, if part of that is like, cause Nesta, uh, doesn't love her own self. So I think it's hard for her to look at her sister because she's looking like into her own eyes basically. Yeah. Cause they are constantly are like, they have the same, we have the same eyes, blah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's also hard for Nesta. You have your mother's eyes. It's hard for Nesta to look at herself. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy. So she <laughs> she guesses. <laughs> She's like, well, I suppose for Tamlin, who's high fay, used to flawless beauty, it must have been a struggle to find a compliment. And then she thinks, fairy bastard. Um, so Alice had brought this little basket of flowers that she was going to weave into Farah's hair. And Farah's like, nope. And gets up before she has the chance. Nope. <laughs> And she says, I would have lived up to my namesake were it not for the effects of poverty, but I'd never particularly cared. Beauty didn't mean anything in the forest, which again is a sad snapshot of like how she's pushed her artistic thoughts back in the back of her mind, too, because it's just not important to survival. She doesn't need those clouding up her brain, which is sad because that's not what living is about. Um, so Farah asks Alice what she was supposed to do now with her mortal life, you know, and Alice shrugs and says, I don't know, take a walk in the gardens. And Farah almost laughs, but she doesn't because Alice is a possible ally. So it'd be like foolish to push anyone away like that. And then she's thinking, if I take a walk, it might help me get my surroundings. Um, and maybe there's someone else that I can like alley up with and plead my case to to try and sway Tamlin. Um, so she describes the halls as silent and empty, thinking it's strange for such a large estate, which is super weird because they're not empty at all. And I just like wonder, like <laughs> she has to look ridiculous to everyone else walking through the halls. That's well, and then so there's weird. like the time that she tries to sneak out or do something. And she's like, she, when she finds out that it was full of people and she was like tiptoeing down the hallway, she was like, Oh my god! <laughs> They're like, yeah, people were laughing. <laughs> yeah, they were there. Right. They saw you do it. <laughs> oh, secondhand embarrassment. Uh, so she goes on to think like Tamla and Lucian had mentioned that there were other uh, fairies here last night, but she didn't see or hear any sign of them. Um, and I liked this little description, sort of a balmy breeze scented with hyacinth. Meg, is that acceptable? I like hyacinth. Okay. If only from Elaine's small garden, floated down from the halls, carrying with it the pleasant chirping of a bunting, a bird I would, wouldn't hear back home for months if I ever heard them at all. And I think this is interesting because when she returns to the spring court later in the future, she thinks of the smells of flowers and everything as being like, maybe, I think she might have described it as sickly or like just too overpowering. It was too much. Like it wasn't home anymore like she thought it was. So she's almost at the grand staircase when she notices all the paintings she hadn't let herself look yesterday but now with no one to see her haha she stops in front of a painting and she describes it as like something she had never seen before she's just gonna gallery it up it's a museum just for her and all these other people <laughs> watching her walk around <laughs> So she stops. She's looking at the painting on the wall. It's a still life of a green face filled with flowers, roses, tulips, morning glory, goldenrod, maiden slice, peonies. Um, you know, flowers. 
she's looking at them with like an artist's eye because she's noting like the colors of the flowers and the leaves and the vase and she's noticing like the shadows and like the light and how realistic it is and whoever painted it was must have been so talented I don't know why I'm saying it in that tone. (laughs) (laughs) It almost sounds like she's, it almost makes it seem like she's the one painting it. She's like, I'm so talented. She didn't paint this. She's just thinking however, whoever painted it, it's just so realistic. Right. And she's noting that she could stare at it for hours along with all the other ones. Um, But you know, she planned to look at the garden. So that's where she's going. Um, And so like on her walk to the garden, she's thinking about how different that it seems here than she expected. It's more civilized and peaceful. Um, Like, even, like, she just didn't think that was a thing, right? And she's then thinking um, maybe she'll be able to convince Alice to be an ally, and she might be able to get Feyre out um, of the debt that she's in. And I was like, this is foreshadowing, because every time she leaves Tamlin, Alice helps her. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. Because she truly cares about Feyre and and, um, wants what's best for her. Because when more comes to get her, when Feyre does the whole thing that she's been locked in, she literally she's like take care of her, and then helps her pack her pack her bag in Wings and Ruin, because um, she she knows, you know. Yep. Um, so Tamlin meets up with her and he asks her where she's going. She notes that he's still wearing those warrior clothes, not the baseball team. Basketball. <laughs> Sarah. I didn't even realize I that you said baseball. I just like laughed and then was like, wait. I said baseball. I think it's because it's easier for me to say the word baseball than basketball. Because it's the cut, you know? Sure. Baseball, basketball. Any hoosies. Um, and this time he's got three sharp knives in his ball jerk, and she's like, ooh, those those could like basically gut me in a second is what she was thinking as she's staring at them. Mm. So she responds to him saying good morning. And then she confronts him about her time there being able to do, cause she's like, can I just do what I want? Um, and she says to him, I didn't realize I was under house arrest. And I said, just wait, Feyre, just wait. And he tells her that she's not under house arrest. And then, uh, when she doesn't answer his original question, he asks her if she would like a tour. And she says, no, thanks. And oh, he kind of steps in her way. <laughs> Tour? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. It's good. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, so he kind of steps in her way and says, like, you know, he basically is like, well, like, I, I could use some fresh air. I've been sitting for a while. Like, makes it um, seem like this isn't really like a bother to me. And it kind of reinforces her thinking like that. She's seemingly insignificant to him. Um, and then he point blank asks her if she has a problem with him, which I think is a really stupid question because yeah, you kidnapped her and now she's here and granted, yes, she's got more food and she's warm and all of these other things here, but you're being a real dick to her. Um, and that's a dumb question. Yeah. She's got a problem with you. Right. But she answers with a no. <laughs> and so Tamlin reminds her of his promise not to kill her, but he doesn't break. And then he says he doesn't break his promises, which is a lie, because in the next book, when he locks her up, he broke his promise to her. Um, so don't lie, Tamlin. So she points out his wording. You say kill, not harm. You know, is that another loophole? Well, we'll find out. Um She's basically saying, and then we find out that everyone there is under order to not even touch her. Like, no, you can't. Don't look at her. Don't breathe it near her. Don't even think about her. Um, 
And so now we've come to the talk about the treaty. And so she says that she thought that their kind was banned from crossing the wall. And Tamlin corrects her by saying the only thing that the treaty banned them from doing was having humans as slaves. Um, and this is like surprising to her because that's not at all what she thought was, you know, thing. And quoting from the book, it says, the wall is an inconvenience. If we cared to, we could shatter it and march through to kill you all, which is exactly what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Tamlin helps them do this because Pharaoh leaves him because he's an abusive asshole. And he's butt hurt. So, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Feyre isn't thinking about herself, but she immediately is thinking about her family and, and really to an extension, like the other mortals that are living over there, the other humans. And she says, do you, and do you care to destroy the wall? He says, I have no interest in the mortal lands, though I can't speak for my kind, AKA Highburn and some other assholes, but also <laughs> how much it's crazy how much his tune changes though, when Feyre leaves him and he's willing to really fuck over everyone to get her back because he thinks he owns her Mm -hmm, and thinks that she needs to be back with him because she doesn't know her own mind and can't take care of herself, which is not the freaking truth. So Feyre then wants to know why um, he sent a friend across the wall. And so then he tells her, so I'm going to read from the book because there's a lot to say and I didn't feel like typing it all out. Tamlin stilled such unearthly primal grace, even to his breathing. There is a sickness in these lands across Printhian. There has been, there has been for almost 50 years now. It is why this house and these lands are so empty. Most have left. The blight spreads slowly, but it has uh, magic acting strangely or has made magic act strangely. My own powers are diminished due to it. These masks, he tapped on his, are the result of a surge of it that occurred during a masquerade 49 years ago. Even now we can't remove them. Stuck in masks for nearly 50 years, I would have gone mad, would have peeled my skin off my face. And she's like, well, you don't have, in his beast form, I wrote beast mode. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, well, you don't have your mask on when you're in beast mode. And then um, he says that the blight is cruel like that. And it's one of the reasons, I was like, is this one of the reasons that he's in his beast mode more often than not because he's free from the mask? I also think that um, he just has issues and that's why he's constantly in beast mode. Um, and so she asks what kind of sickness it is. And he says, it's not a disease, not a plague or illness. Plague. 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 It's a plague. <laughs> plague or illness. It's focused solely on magic, on those dwelling in Printhian. Um, and Tamlin had sent Andreas uh, over the wall to find a cure. Which is sort of true, I guess. Technically, I guess. So Feyre asks if it can spread to the mortal lands and hurt the humans. And he says, yes, there is a, a chance of it affecting a mortal. Not, oh, world worlds. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I just said anyways. <sighs> a chance of it affecting mortals and your territory. More than that, I don't know. It's slow moving and you're kind of safe for now. And it's like there hasn't been much moving of the sickness in the past 50 years. Magic is stable-ish, though it is weakened. Uh, while this is true-ish, I say, the mortars in my, like, the humans are 100% in danger. And maybe not from Amarantha right now, but, like, Highburn and whatever else is happening when Tamlin's time is up. Like, I, I think that if events were a little bit different, 
and Faerie never went under the mountain and she never like neither because Highburn has been stirring up trouble already like they're gathering forces they're they're trying to get ready to make their moves they I believe are already um because you trying to like locate pieces of the cauldron to put it back together and they because you see them in the next book pretty early on um where they're getting uh like Ezra's finding out like where he's attacking and getting these pieces. So, um, I, I don't think that, I think they're being optimistic. I think Tamlin is being optimistic saying that the mortals aren't in danger. It's slow moving. It's slow moving because Amaranth is playing a game right now with you. If she wasn't playing a game with you, it would be a whole different ball game and things would be going quickly. Um, she just likes playing with her food before she eats it. Basically. Because I, yeah. I really, I literally wrote like neither Amarantha nor Highburn would settle for sitting still, especially very long. Like Highburn right now is not sitting still. So Faber then mentions what the mercenary says about fairies thinking about attacking the mortal lands and if it's related. And so Tamlin isn't sure. And then he asks if she talks with mercenaries often. And she says, I talk to whomever bothers to tell me anything useful. And I said, I love for the most part that she's not shy about talking to people and like questioning things and you know, she doesn't really let herself ever be quiet, which I love about her, um, especially when other people want her to like. And I literally wrote Tamlin, I'm looking at you because he <laughs> guaranteed would not want her talking to Reese when she's under the mountain. But he's the reason he's a huge chunk of the reason why she survived, because especially she was going to die from an infection. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for him, she would be dead. Um, so any hoosies. Uh, but also, yeah, fairies are a hundred percent trying to go over that wall and attack humans. Cause they want things to go back the way it was 500 years ago. Um, but we're not talking about that yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> so then Tamlin asks about the booby trap and if it was, um, set up for him and she asks if he can blame her if it was. And then he's like, basically, even though like I'm always in beast mode, like I'm civilized, like, you know, I don't, I don't attack. And so he finally says her name when he talks to her, which is, I think, the first time he, like, says it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure in this conversation, because she even mentions at the beginning that she's like, I don't, does he even remember my name? Um, and so now she knows that he does remember it. And so then she's, like, looking, she looks down at his hands and his claws are out. And I said, the man has major control issues. And, like, that's a theme you see constantly throughout this book, really, is, like, something will set him off and his claws shoot out where it's similar with Reese and his wings, but that does not happen very often. And sometimes it's because he's turned on, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I imagine. Like the sound is like (laughs) wings pop out. (laughs) Uh, Any hoosies. Tamlin leaves the conversation there and he tells her that he'll see her at dinner. So she nods and walks away from him. And then she's kind of thinking over all of the things that she just learned from their talk, you know, a magical blight that might one day spread to the human world. After so many centuries without magic, we'd be defenseless against it, against whatever it could do to humans. I wondered if any of the high fae would bother warning my kind. And I wrote, her mate does go Reese, go Reese. And I was like, Tamlin really just fucks them all over. So, and that's true. Reese is a (sighs) decent person. More than decent, yeah, yeah. but he's just like a good person. Tamlin, yeah, yeah, just has issues. Would you call yeah. him recent? He's very recent. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Like he's not perfect. No, he's not. But but again, yes. that's what at makes... least he's trying to do whatever he can to like save the most people. Right. You know? And that's yeah. what makes Tamlin a good character. just wants his woman back and she's not even his. Yeah. What makes a good character is that they do have flaws, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Makes them real. All right, friends, ladies and lords of the court. You can find your hosts on the Instagram. You can find myself and Meg at the Petrus family. You can find Tiffany at tiffswish underscore flick. And you can find Sarah at O'Malley. And that has three H's. Yeah. Uh, So thank you for listening and thank you for your support. We appreciate it. So take care and remember only you can decide what breaks you. 